Blog Talk Radio. Aloha and welcome once again to your spiritual journey. Today we're going to discuss lingo, what the terms mean. There's so many people who want to start their spiritual journey and they start reading books or speaking to people and they get so confused because they're like, what the heck does that mean? Like anything, metaphysics has its own language, just like different religious organizations have their own languages, different businesses. If you're in advertising, you talk about POMA, top of mind advertising, things like that. They all understand each other. That doesn't mean anybody else understands them. So in order to broaden our understanding, we need to have a common set of words that we use. And in metaphysics, I find that different practitioners use different words to mean the same thing, or they'll use the same words to mean completely different things. So really right now, there is no agreement across the line as to what things mean. So when you're speaking with someone, it's always best to clarify, this is what I mean by this term. When you start talking or ask them what do they mean by that term, it's not dumb. The only stupid question is the one you don't ask. I'm sure you've heard that before. It's just a matter of clarifying, being totally at ease, knowing what you're talking about, knowing what the other person is trying to convey, and having an easy communication. So often we're afraid of being judged for not knowing something that we don't ask the question. That is a huge, huge mistake. If someone is going to belittle you or think you less because you're asking a question, they're not worth being around anyway. Judgment shouldn't come from seeking knowledge. And if it does, it just means the person you're speaking with doesn't know as much as they're trying to convey that they know. Often when we get haughty in our knowledge, that's because we think we know things, but we're not really sure. And because we're not really sure, what we end up doing is we end up trying to avoid going into any detail or going into anything that's too deep. Maybe it's like I had a teacher in high school who taught accelerated algebra. Worst class, one of the worst classes I think I've ever had. Same thing happened in college with uh, a course in economics, where the teacher was excellent at what they did. They know how to do it, but they couldn't teach it. They had no idea how they got the answers that they got, but they always got the right answer. So sometimes you'll come across a teacher who may be good at what they do. They may know what they're doing, but they're not really a teacher. They need to stick with what they know. Just because you do something well doesn't mean you teach it well. And some people who don't do things very well teach it with excellence. They may not be able to do it themselves. They may not be the best mechanical brain surgeon, but they could teach you about all the components and parts, and they know things in detail that they can convey to you in a way that you understand so that you can do it. So being a teacher is a special gift. It's actually only a spiritual gift. Uh, mentioned in the Bible, along with things like prophecy and preaching. 
So that's something you need to remember. Teaching is a gift. Not everyone can do it. And if someone does it well, that is something for them to be applauded for and something to be recognized. And if you can do it well, that's definitely something that you would want to continue doing and it's a gift that you would want to use, that you would want to bring to the world because not everyone can do it. Well, I'm using a new method to be online, so I'm not sure how the audio is. If anyone is having difficulty hearing me, or if it's garbled, unclear, or anything like that, you know it's not on your end, please do me a favor and do call in and let me know. I don't know if there's anything I could do about it on this end because I was trying to figure out how to get to the mic in the computer. Yeah, it's not a Mac, so it's not easy or intuitive at all. Um, but I'm fine. So if you are having a problem hearing me, give me a call, let me know, and I'll see what I can do. If not this time, at least for next time, I'll, I'll look into things more thoroughly before I start. Okay. Now, that being said, when you're on your spiritual path, when we begin, there are a lot of questions and a lot of terms and terminology that people use. And as I said, different practitioners use different terms differently. I'm sure you've noticed as I have spoken that I often will give you the definition of different words that I'm using if I feel that it's a word that different people use. For instance, the term soulmate. Some people say, I want to find my soulmate. Oh, they're my soulmate. So, um, I don't take the term that drastically. A soulmate is simply a person that you have incarnated with before or your souls know one another. Soulmates generally come into contact with one another because they have something to accomplish, either something to teach one another or some physical thing that needs to be accomplished. Um, it could be the birth of a child. It could be the birth of a book or an idea. It could just be support at a time when you need it, and they come in and out of your life. A soulmate is not necessarily your forever. It's not necessarily the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. But a soulmate is very significant for the time period that they're there. Many soulmates will continue to have a part in your life, but they, it may be tenuous. They may not central in your life for your whole life. Um, you have soulmates who come in and out of your life sometimes and so on. So when someone says, oh, they found their soulmate, I don't take that necessarily if they found their significant other. You have hundreds, maybe thousands of soulmates who come across in a lifetime. You accomplish whatever it is you need to accomplish with this person, and then you move forward. You let it go. And if you follow the flow, which is another term we're going to get into, and you follow your instincts, as things start to change, instead of trying to make things go back to the beginning, you will allow the changes to occur and allow them to grow and allow yourself to grow. Being in the flow, what the heck are you talking about? We all talk about being in the flow, about 
having a sense of guidance and feeling like we're always in the right place at the right time, at least for some period of time we are, and that things just fall into place for us. For me, the sense of being in the flow is when I really feel spirit around me and through me. Um, spirit being the goddess and the source, God, the Christ, whatever you want to call it, by whatever term you want to use, it's a sense of peace and joy that is an undercurrent in your life at all times. You see this in, in different people. You feel it when you're around them. It's not something that they generally can explain. And it's... it's I'm not going to say it's not an easy thing to come to because it can be. Because when we're children, we have it. And then as we get older, we lose it. We lose sight of it. And then we have to come back to it. So being in the flow is basically following the flow of energy that surrounds you and is through you. That flow of energy being through our traditional love, the, the God essence. So in another way, if you want to put it in more religious terms, it is following God's path for you. If you want to put it in different terms, you could say it's, your destiny, finding your destiny, and following destiny. Let's talk about destiny and faith. Um, I've been told there's some people consider them two different things. I kind of use the word interchangeably. It's your destiny to do certain things. I believe that when we're in spirit form, that we choose our lifetime that we're coming into, and we choose some of the things that we are going to accomplish that we set up for ourselves. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to actually do it once you get here, because destiny or faith will bring you to a place, and then that's where free will takes over. That's where the lesson is, is how you handle what faith is giving you, how you handle what your destiny is telling you. You can, maybe you were supposed to be a great singer, or maybe you were supposed to be an incredible artist to touch people's hearts by your photography or by your paintings, or your words, your books, your poetry, and at some point you become disillusioned and you decide you're not going to you're not going to follow that path. You're going to do something else. You want to be just a normal person. You want to be mundane. You can deny your destiny, and that means at some point you're going to have to come back and do things, and that means that you're shifting things for other people because people are affected by what you do. However, that's what free will is all about. And then it's the shifts that are around you that, that you create by your decisions also. You can find the love of your life and know that that is the right person for you. And they may decide that they're not good enough for you and that they're not ready and they're not willing to do work to create the type of relationship that you know is possible, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't mean that um, they're less of a person or you can judge. It just means that they've used their free will in order to decide to take a different path. When you're choosing things, if you're choosing things that are in alignment 
your original agreement in alignment with the will of God, if you want to call it that, in alignment with the universe, if you want to call it that. Things tend to flow a little more easily. Things come to you a little more easily. When you're really in the flow, it just seems like what you need is there when you need it. And that's how you usually can tell. That doesn't mean what you want is there all the time when you want it, but what you need is there, and there's a difference. And that could be a whole other discussion, the difference between wants and needs. So that's what being in the flow means to me. We talk a great deal about raising your vibration. What the heck does that mean? Well, we can get into the technical side of things, or we can get into um, the more metaphysical side of things. But basically, we're all made of the same stuff. Everything, heaven and earth, is made of the same stuff. If you look scientifically at things, everything is made of energy. We're all made of atoms, nucleus, protons. It's all the same substance. What makes it different one from another, what makes the chair different from you and the air different from the water is the vibration, is the rate of speed at which the atoms are moving, how much space is between each atom, how much space is in each atom. And then there's other more technical things, but basically the major thing is the rate of speed or the vibration. When we talk about raising your vibration to a higher level, we're talking about quantum physics to a certain extent, where your thoughts manifest, where you have control over some of the energy around you, some of the energy within you, where you're taking more responsibility for what you are and for what's around you. So raising your vibration, what is the difference? How do you know that your vibration is being raised? Well, one way, if you look at things, what I see is happening in the world right now is that there's a huge dichotomy right now. There are people who are really making an effort to raise their vibration and becoming, um, I, I hate to say higher and lower, but I'm going to have to because it's an easier way to understand it. With that being said, I need to say that I believe all things are equal in that we all have responsibilities and we all have importance in the world. Whether you're someone who's living in the street or you're the President of the United States, you're affecting people. You're affecting people with your thoughts, words, and deeds all the time. So it doesn't matter how insignificant you or you think you are, you are not insignificant. It's a huge jigsaw puzzle, and it's flat. And you need every single piece to make that jigsaw puzzle work. So you, yes, you, are just as important as I am, as the president is, as your teacher was, and all the people that you see are equally important. So whether someone is enlightened or someone is very what we call mundane 
from mothering to be uh, taken down. They are equally important. They are shifting things. They are making decisions. They are changing the world by their mere presence in it. Just by being who they are, just by existing, they change the world around them. So with that in mind, as you're raising your vibration, you become lighter. You actually feel physically lighter. now, I've noticed when I really started this shift, as I'm trying to raise my vibration, being very conscious of it, going back to um, practices that I had not forgotten, but had neglected um, for several years, that I actually physically have gotten lighter. And I actually physically appear taller to people, which is really hysterical. Um, I don't think I am physically taller. I'm standing up straighter, I'm sure. But I appear taller where people notice who haven't seen me in several months. Um, people who haven't seen me in six months or so will, will see me like, whoa, what's different? Something's different. And there's a luminescence. There's a, a sense of swiftly moving energy around you that happens when you're raising your vibration. Now, Someone with a low vibration, very mundane, and just uh, nose to the grindstone, doesn't really want to look at your spiritual essence, doesn't really want to acknowledge your energetic self, their vibration is, is low, which means it's, it's slower, so they're more solid. Um, they tend to be more grounded. And there's nothing wrong with being grounded, as long as you don't bury your head in the sand. Metal probably is. However, that's my belief. You need to look around you and be a little more aware. Not everybody is. And as we move forward, and we're moving closer to 2012 and whatever that is and whatever that's going to be, as people are thinking more and more about this shift that's happening right now, things are really separating. They're really pulling away almost to the point where we're not recognizing each other. It's almost like um, as our vibrations shift, we're at some point going to be on so different um, frequencies that like an AM and an FM station, we're not really going to interact. We're not really going to affect each other so much anymore because our frequencies are so different that they no longer we're all still part of the same universe, we're still on the same planet, we're still made of the same stuff, it's just that our frequencies are different. So the base becomes more base, it becomes more survival instinct, it becomes more violent, it becomes more um, sexual and more base, especially that I can think of for it, where it's all about survival. It's just about survival. It's just about surviving. It's just about making money, having to roof over your head. And that's what you're focusing on. And that's where you are. And then as you become lighter or more enlightened, your focus is different. Your focus is more on um, joy and peace and service to others. And how can I make the world a better place? And what is my place in the world? And, and am I being an excellent parent to my children? Uh, I know I have 
faith that I'm going to have everything that I need to watch and over my head. The survival stuff is there. It'll be there. If you're in the flow, it comes to you, whether it's people just wanting to take care of you. I mean, I see people who can travel and they go places and they do things, and people just, strangers, will just come up to them and want to take care of them, offer them places to stay, give them food, give them money, and they don't have to ask for it. It's just that people are drawn to them and want to take care of them. And it's not a weakness. It is not weak. It's being strong. It's actually being stronger. And there's a sense of worth there. Part of the dichotomy, too, is you have these people that are growing in their confidence and growing in their self-worth. And it's not pride. It's not pride in a negative sense, where it's a sin, pride that cuts you off from the universe. It's a sense of really being partisan and knowing that you make a difference as opposed to being cut off and feeling separate and feeling alone and feeling loneliness. Which side are you on? Which pool are you following? Which way do you want to go? It's up to you. It's your decision. This is where free will comes in. You decide. Do you want to walk a path that's going to lead you to enlightenment? Or do you want to walk a path that's going to lead you to fear? Are you more in fear or are you more in love? The other thing that I I see, or rather I hear, is people asking, uh, I hear people saying, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. The question that I asked recently, and I had a discussion with a friend of mine about this, was, can you be religious and be spiritual? They're not mutually exclusive. I mean, the way many of us examine our spirituality when we start on this path is through religion. Many of us come from very religious backgrounds. I was raised Catholic. I wanted to become a priest. And because I'm a woman, and they wouldn't allow me to follow my vocation. That's how I left the church. But I love to help. What I don't love about it is all the guilt and all the fear-mongering that happens there. The difference between true spirituality and most religious organizations, I'm not going to say all because there are some like uh, unity churches and a lot of new thought churches that are different, they're structured differently. But what I noticed about most religion is they put something between you and God. They say you need an intercession, you need something between. That's not what Jesus said. That's not what Jesus taught. The Buddha found enlightenment, and Buddhism is, is different, it has a different goal in mind. But a lot of the, the concepts are. Most of your major world religions, when they became churches, as they became structures, as they started to have a hierarchy and there's power involved and politics involved, they started to cut out the direct connection between you and God. If you read some of the things in the Bible, too literally, there's a there's a disconnect. If you read about, and I, I always go back to the Bible because that's something that I know, that I study, 
I am learning more about Buddhism, and I, I'm learning more about uh, Islam and several other different religions because I believe that there's something in all of them that's precious. There is some worth to all of them, to everything, to, to all of it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have such a following. People wouldn't feel so cool. There's something there. The question is, what are you going to take from it? Are you going to allow it to stunt you? When you're searching for a religious um, order or place to be, one of the things that I would recommend is to look to see what do they foster in you? Do they foster fear? Do they preach all the time about how everybody's going to hell and you're a bad person, all that kind of stuff? Or are they more about reaching, reaching God, finding God, finding God inside yourself? Connecting. Are they insisting that there's got to be a middleman that you have to talk to a priest, a pastor, somebody else in order for you to talk to God? Or are they saying that it's bad for you to listen? I've seen um, recently, it's, it's been brought to my attention that there are actually some religious sects who are very against meditation and any type of a spiritual or uh, experience. Because they say, oh, it's got to be from the devil. Okay. So if you believe that, then you'd have to believe that all the saints were satanic and that Jesus and, and all the prophets were satanic. But they're saying, no, no, that, that was then. This is now. God doesn't talk about that. And I'm sorry, I don't believe that. I don't believe any of the religions that tell us that, that prophecy is no longer a gift that is given, that God just shut us down at some point. That was only supposed to last for X amount of years. And now God just doesn't talk to us anymore. That would tell me that we are at the end of the world. That God's not sending any more messengers. There's no more prophets. No. It's not the end of the world. The world is changing. And you can either change with it, or you can get bogged down in fear and get stuck. So can you be religious and spiritual? I believe you can. I've come across people who are. I do believe it depends on how independent you are as a thinker and whether you allow the fear to eat you up or whether you will come to God on your own. So back to vibration. We raise our vibration. Our vibration makes us feel lighter. As our vibration gets higher, we feel more of the energetics that are around us. We become more sensitive. Everything is energy. One of the things I believe that blocks us now in our world is that there's so many electronics around us all the time that all that buzzing, all that 
noise, all that electronic noise interferes with your state of being. It interferes with your spirituality because it's very difficult to be sensitive to spirit, to the angels that are around you, to the essence, to the flow, when you're constantly being bombarded with radio waves, microwaves, cell phones, the, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Wi-Fi in your home. All that goes through you. All that affects you. My favorite times, my absolute favorite times, are when you have that. And it's only happened, I think, two or three times since I've been on the island. Island-wide blackout. Oh, my whole body relaxes. The buzzing in my ears stops. I don't experience that's when you can really feel the essence of God and not all of us have that experience but it's nice to unplug whether you go out into the woods and sit under a tree and survive with the tree you go into the ocean or you just you sit in your house and you unplug all the electronics just unplug them so that that buzz is not there. You're still going to get stuff from around you, but it'll decrease it quite a bit. Being sensitive, you should not have a television or a computer in your bedroom if you want to sleep well. And if you want to become more sensitive, you should not have a computer or a television in your bedroom. Wireless phones aren't good for your bedroom either. So any of those electronics that you can get out of, even if you just have a small space in your house and you don't have any electronics, it's a beautiful thing. And that's a better place to meditate and do that type of thing and to pray. So when we talk about our spiritual path, what are we talking about? What are you looking for really? My understanding, um, when I started my spiritual journey, back on my spiritual journey, I was looking to find, to feel whole. I was looking to find the rest of me, basically. I didn't want to feel lonely. I didn't want to feel empty. I wanted to feel full. I wanted to feel joy. I wanted to feel peaceful, no matter what the situation is. And that's not to say that I don't have points in time where I get a little crazy. You know, I get PMS, and there are times when I'm ultra-stressed by things, and I have a meltdown. The difference is the speed at which you come back from those kind of things. And the difference is the way you handle things as a whole in the long run. Part of being spiritual is really being aware of how you affect everything else around you. Really being aware of the people around you and what's happening with them. Enlightenment, becoming lighter. Enthusiastic, being filled with God. To me, is having that peacefulness that you can go to no matter what's happening around you. Having that faith that you are taking care of. 
knowing that at any time you can call on your angels and your guardians and your guides and they will come and support you. Now I wanted to do a meditation today. However, because um, I'm not sure if the microphone is working properly or not, I'm not sure if I should. But Spirit is telling me to do it anyway. So if you cannot hear me, if you don't hear anything when I go into this meditation, what I want you to do is just breathe very deeply and just focus on what your body is doing. Focus on the way the wings feel on the skin. Focus on the smells around you. Focus on the things that you see right before you close your eyes. And then switch your attention to being totally at peace. And then I'll bring you out of it. So this is going to be a short one. And hopefully you'll be able to hear me. So take a deep breath. And again. Beautiful light above your head. Plummet emanates shafts of light that enters you to the top of your head and fills you with its energy. The beautiful energy of God is. It is pure, unconditional love. And it fills every cell, igniting every atom. Allow to remove anything that blocks your consciousness. Allow to lift you up to keep you good and healthy. See yourself as glowing. Pushes out and fills your entire soul. The ground beneath your head above. It goes out through your cords, your pelvic cords, to ignite your milk ones, to protect your vehicle, to cleanse and clear all that you will touch. light sheds on our darkness, brings to the surface things that compel us, things that we may rather not know, but the things that we need to see and acknowledge in order to change, in order to grow, 
in order to become who we're meant to be. See ourselves radiating this light. And we look at our mirror image. We embrace our own darkness. All of us. The pieces of us that we'd rather not know. The pieces of us that we don't show to them. And we have a conversation with this part of ourselves. And this conversation will continue to increase until as it explains to us our motivation. And we will look at this and decide what we want to move forward with and what we will discard. Always accepting. Loving ourselves. Unconditional love. And only by doing this can we fully love ourselves. Call back these pieces of ourselves that we've lost along the way. We want to be whole. We welcome them back and celebrate their presence. We do this meditation. We come back into this energy and consider these things again every day to an Feel your body. Hug your darker self and integrate it back into you. Thank you for the knowledge. We will remember our dreams. We will write down our ideas and our inspirations. We will look at them and consider them. What path am I taking? Who do I want to be? Where am I going next? Be very aware of every part of your body. Feel the air caressing you. Know that your God is around you. Feel the love flowing through you. Pull this energy forward with you. The ball went light, contracts and ascends, leaving a soft white glow behind it. Everything is touched by pure intensity. Choose your path wisely. Feel the love flowing through you consistently. As you close your eyes, you feel strong. Filling you, completing you, connecting you to the source of God, everyone around you. See the ball of white light ascending to heaven. Thank your guardians and guides for your presence. Ready, open your eyes. Come back.
Feel your hands, your feet. Feel your relaxed muscles, your joyous heart feel full. Shake yourself out. Have a cool glass of cold water, or if you like it room temperature, whatever you prefer. So hopefully you heard that. Take a minute and really feel that flow going through you right now. You might feel like you want to cry. You might feel like you want to laugh. And you feel it from your solar plexus and your heart and into your throat. And express that emotion. Be loving today, no matter what the situation Answer all the questions that we presented to you. With love in your heart, and you'll always have the right answer. So your homework for this week is to remember, is to pull back that energy and feel it and feel full. Your homework is to write down inspirations that you're giving and your dreams. Your homework is to make a decision and act upon it. You need to release the things that don't serve you. You need to let it go. You need to acknowledge all aspects of who you are and accept yourself with pure unconditional love. Accept yourself for who you are. If there are things you want to change, then work on changing. Don't make excuses. Be who you're meant to be. Take a deep breath. I always recommend, always. And hopefully this week, you'll remember your dreams and you'll write them down. And you'll look at them. And you don't always get the point when you first look at them. crazy. But look for the symbolism of what things mean. This is Hawaii Psychic, Gerilyn St. David, helping you on your spiritual journey. The journey is never over. There is no ending. There is nowhere that you can say that you've finished. You've reached it. You're there. Because when you think you're there, that's when you've got to start all over again. There's always room to grow. Without growth, there's only death. So give me a call if you'd like to schedule a regular reading or if you'd like to join one of my classes. The number is 808-261-7866. That's 808-261-7866. My website is psychicinhawaii.com. Although a voice of spirit, I don't update as often. I have several other websites that you can Google me and look at them all if you would like to. I'm also on Facebook. Remember to do your homework. Spirituality is about growth. It's about becoming and discovering and staying connected. 
we are connected with source. We are connected with God. And you want to maintain that connection. That's what it's all about. And you know you're in there. When you're in the flow, your vibration is high. And you can tap into that undercurrent of joy no matter what's happening around you. Have faith. Have faith. We're all connected. The spirit is there to help you. You just have to be willing to be open to the help. Let other people give you things. Let them be there for you. Give them that gift as you're there for them. So remember, this is Hawaii Psychic Hero signing off. And this week, remember to do your homework. Blessings.